Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey, hello there, everybody. Jan Elbert here, back with episode number 40 of the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast. We're just going to get the promises of God into the people of God, one podcast episode at a time. Okay, I'm going to hit the ground running with Matthew 611, and I think this is NIV. I, I did not actually make note of that on my notes, so I will properly reference it in the show notes, um, but I'm thinking NIV might not be, but it's not amplified. It's not my normal go-to. So Matthew 6, 11, give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Okay, real simple, right? You all know that. It's part of the Sermon on the Mount, part of the Lord's Prayer. Um, you've heard it a million times. Give us today our daily bread. Maybe not a million, but a lot of times. If Jesus told us to pray this, then isn't it impossible and even ridiculous to even let ourselves think that God would fail to then give us exactly what he told us to ask for? I'm going to say that again. If Jesus told us to pray this exact thing, and he did, then isn't it impossible and really ridiculous to even think that God would fail to give us this exact thing that he told us to ask for? Just some food for thought there, and I'm going to roll this right into another verse in a second. But does, does that verse from Matthew 6, does it not go hand in glove with Isaiah 26, verse 3, which says, and you've heard this one many, many times too, I'm sure of it, you, meaning God, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. I don't know about anybody else. I can only speak for me, but I find it very hard very hard to sincerely, like as in very trustingly, approach God's throne of grace to find help from him at my time of need to do what he told me to do in Matthew 6 by asking for my daily bread. It's really hard to do that. And also at the same time, have my mind unsteadfast, unfixed on the Lord, untrusting, and not at all in perfect peace. It's hard it's hard. If I'm doing one of those things, I'm most likely also doing the other one kind of hand in glove. If I'm really, if I'm not just praying like a robot and by rote with total unbelief, which sometimes we do, you know, we're going down the prayer list and our heart's just not fully in it in that moment. But you know what I mean? Like when you're really praying for the Lord to give you your daily bread, that you would, that he would show you anybody on your heart that you need to forgive, that, you know, just run through that, that Lord's prayer list of things for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're just acknowledging him for how great he is and inviting his presence into all these different circumstances and situations. I do not in those moments, those intense times of prayer struggle at all with being unsteadfast, unfixed on the Lord, untrusting of him. I'm in complete perfect peace. I really am. You couldn't get me out of perfect peace. Even praying about the biggest issue on my heart, and it might be really big and really serious, I'm still in perfect peace. It's amazing. They go hand in glove together. 
So the promises in, excuse me, I have a little bit of like a sore throat and I'm definitely, uh, it is, feels like it's on fire. It's very scratchy. The promise in Isaiah 26, three is this perfect peace. That's the real, the meat of the issue. The real heart of it is this perfect peace. That's the big promise that we're going to talk about today. Listen, everybody wants it. Everybody wants it. The whole world is chasing after peace. You might not believe me, but once you think about it for a couple minutes, then you'll all of a sudden go, oh my gosh, it's so true. Everybody's chasing after peace one way or another, right? If they weren't, we wouldn't see so many people who are storing up wealth, who are working overtime in their jobs or working overtime in their relationships, uh, following the stock market very avidly, engaging in the stresses of um, what am I going to do about retirement or um, even dare I say it, Sometimes Christians might sign up to take a class on uh, Dave Ramsey's financial peace, right? You'd be looking for that info. It tells you right there in the title of it, if people weren't looking for peace regarding their finances, they probably wouldn't be signing up to take a course on it, right? So that word peace, doesn't it really fit well? Does it really fit very well when it's sidled up next to the word financial for most people? Not really, no. Uh, didn't Rockefeller answer like when he was asked how much more until he was like satisfied, secure, at peace? How much more money? And his reply was something like, just a little more, just a little more. Look, the world is chasing after peace in one facet or another. Exerci- exerciseaholics, um, people who eat so super carefully, are often trying to just have peace in some area of their life. Um, What about people who maybe drink so they can have a respite from the lack of peace in their life? Everybody's looking for peace. Everybody's looking for peace. So, but I also want to tell you that the way to find peace um, about your money or any other issue, it really is found in God's word. Specifically, Jesus's words in the New Testament will be a huge help to you if you are maybe in Financial Peace University, or I just want to encourage you to also stay very close to the words of Jesus, the words in red in the New Testament as you process that. And don't, I've had, I remember somebody telling me, I don't know why this is called Financial Peace University. I have I have a lot less peace after taking this than I did before. And, you know, maybe they were a little bit high-strung person to begin with, but um, a lot of other people said, oh, I feel the same way. I just didn't want to say it. So stay rooted in God's word, even maybe through that process so that you don't end up more wrapped around the axle. It's not a pass-fail type thing. Nobody's going to come along and slap you with a ruler and say, you didn't do enough, and so you're a failure as a Christian. Um you know, when you, your peace is really important. And Jesus said, my peace I give to you and not as the world gives. Sometimes seeking after financial peace is seeking after the world's peace. And Jesus's path toward financial peace might be a little different than we would think. But when you read his words, it it does come home to roost, so to speak. Like when he, uh, just look up the rich young ruler or, you know, the widow's might. Um, there's a way to peace in that area that God wants you, Jesus wants you to have that peace, I guess is what I'm saying for real and not per a system or a formula because he's not a formulaic God. He's a personal God and he has peace for you no matter what your financial state is and you're not failing at life if you don't do perfectly well. If you're not the biggest success story when your church goes through a money Bible study or something. Okay, all that to say, um, Stick close to Jesus's words, no matter what you're facing. If it's your health, let those words be the loudest words that you hear, whatever it might be an area where you're hunting for peace, um, because you'll find it 
in Jesus and in his words. That's where you're going to find that piece. Okay, so um, Christian-based or not, um, any type of, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about money, Christian-based program or not, any type of program that doesn't take you on a path of more generosity and less resource hoarding, more trust in the Lord and less of your own man-made plans, more, more, more of the kingdom of God and eternal rewards and what God says counts and less maybe retirement planning or dare I say it, even budgeting sometimes. Don't let it become a mini idol, a little G-God in your home. If it's, if it's leading you to anything anti-biblical in the least, if there's, if there's not real solid biblical peace, um, you need to stop right where you're at and pray about it and maybe do a total 180 about face for real. Um, yeah, it might be, it might be uh, man's best, but man's best is always so much beneath God's best. So there you go. That's a, it's a bad trade. And we trade out God's best for man's best. Oh, that's a lousy trade every time. Okay. So people are desperate. They're desperate all around you. Everybody around you in, in some way or another is desperate for what God has already promised to his people right here in this verse from Isaiah chapter 26, verse three, peace, peace. Am I wrong? Am I wrong in saying that? Is that too, like, is that too much? Is that too overarching a statement? Is it a blanket statement? Well, I don't know. Like, isn't management of resources, not necessarily money, all resources, most generally just a way to grab at peace? Aren't controlling people really just desiring peace in their own lives? Like if you can control certain situations that have been kind of out of control and hectic uh, and you felt like they've just been wrecking on your life, if you can control them, can you bring peace into your life and order out of disorder? Hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's really what they're after in a lot of ways is peace. Um, what about, gosh, like I just said earlier, punching out with alcohol or something, Netflix binges, uh, just like an attempt to short term sort of get some peace by means of just not thinking about the real issue that's weighing on you for a while. Yeah, these are all just things that people do to try to get peace. But man, you've got the promise right here. Uh, things in life that are not peaceful. We are all looking for ways to clean those areas up. Help segments on the morning talk show. The ads that run in your Instagram and Facebook feed. Self-help books. Uh, hey, some prayer groups have even started as ways to find peace and to quote unquote fix the broken things in life. And that's been their basis more than seeing God's kingdom come into a damaged world. Peace. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. So let me ask you something very personal. What would you say is your number one numero uno peace robber right now? And don't answer too hastily. Like you can think on this one and and, uh, pray about this one. This should take, it should take a little bit of time to come up with the right answer, the right answer for you. There's no right or wrong answer, but the answer that the Lord would like you to answer with, what's your biggest peace robber right now? Uh, Let God speak into it. Ideally, you don't answer until God's been asked to show you what is stealing your peace the very most right now, because I can almost promise you that Satan will throw up a ruse here. He so much wants you to not have peace. He's always working to steal your peace. And so that thing that comes to mind that you think might just be, it's probably this, it's this right here. Just pray and ask God first so that you actually get to the real source of the thing that's your biggest peace robber versus what seems like it might be 
the real source, but might not be, right? Because we want to really do, I wouldn't want you to come away from this exercise with more stress and less peace. So I encourage you to really invite the Lord in so you can hear what he wants to say is the biggest peace robber, robber and not maybe what Satan wants to tell you is a bigger peace robber so he can keep on ripping you off in this area of your life, which is what he does. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He is a liar and the truth is not in him. Okay, sometimes, sometimes we're fighting a fight that we never ask God about. Anybody? Raise your hand on that one. Sometimes we are fighting a fight that we did not even ask God about. We didn't say, Lord, do you want me in the fray on this one? Do you want me in the mix battling with all this effort and intensity right here, right now, today? Is there any aspect of this being fought in the flesh? And I'm not fighting in the spiritual realm. I'm not fighting at all in prayer. Do I need to step back, commit some time, a day at the very least to just to spend in prayer over this matter before I move forward any further? Lord, what peace robbers are in my life because of Satan, our enemy, because of unbelief? because of lack of trust. Ouch. Yeah. Lack of prayer. Another ouch. Do I need to speak your word out loud over any area of my life, over my friendships, over my work environment, over my children's lives? Am I carrying any burdens which you did not ask me to carry? These are the kinds of questions you want to spend time asking the Lord and expect him to answer because he certainly will. Look, if God promised that he will keep in perfect peace, the one with a steadfast mind who trusts in him, and he did, he did promise this, then we need to do what God has told us to do and maintain a steadfast mind. If that's like the key in the lock that's going to turn it to open the door to promise peace, to perfect peace, then let's be about maintaining a steadfast mind. And if he said were to do that. He's going to enable us to do that by the power of his Holy Spirit. He's a good God. He's a good God. He never leaves you high and dry and expects you to have some performance or show or live up to some standard in your own strength. He wouldn't do that to you. He's never going to do that to you. Maintain your trust in him. Okay, I cannot trust myself to be the solution to any problems. I can't. Neither can you. But I can by the help of the Holy Spirit, maintain that steadfast heart, that steadfast heart. But that, I got to get that Bible open. And so do you. First thing in the morning is best. Um, So get up, get up and sit with the Lord in prayer. Listen to what he has to say. Listen, maybe get a journal, write down what he says. He's going to speak to you. So you want to make note of it. Um, Talk to the Lord then all throughout the day. Like you got to You got to go to work. You got to do all the things, right? So just keep talking to the Lord throughout the day. Don't don't think that the conversation ends. And I know you know this, but I'm just asking you to think about this one area, the peace robbers in your life. Keep communicating with him on this exact issue throughout the day. Decide over and over and over again. Just keep deciding in situations, um, you know, situation after situation, circumstance after circumstance, keep deciding to trust God. Maintain. Maintain. Maintenance usually relates to something we own. Does it not? Maintenance. Something we already have, like home maintenance. A renter's version of maintenance is very different than a homeowner's level of maintenance, right? When I rent a car, I maintain it per the contract that I signed. When I own a car, when I own a car, 
ah, that pink slip is mine. It's a different level of maintenance. You picking up what I'm laying down here? Maintain a steadfast mind. Maintenance. What are you maintaining? What are you maintaining? Where, where are you starting from right now in this process? What have you got to maintain? What do you already kind of own? I'm in the kingdom. Right? I've got the Lord as my own personal Lord. I am all in with Jesus. And so that's the starting point of my maintaining. This relationship is mine. It's not my pastors. It's not my parents. Uh, it's not my brothers. It's mine. So I maintain it. I value it. I care for it. I pay attention to it like it's important and like it's mine. That is a key attitude to have when you think about maintaining a steadfast, you know, but just being steadfast with the Lord, not losing your, um, I don't want to, I don't know, not losing any aspect of the breadth and depth of the beautiful relationship that you have with Jesus. That's really, I guess, the nicest way to say, I don't want to, I don't want to oversimplify it because it is beautiful. It is, it is broad and it is deep and it's vital. You want to maintain that. If you remember what it was like when you first came to Christ and you were first saved, uh, wow, wow. The wow should still be there right now today. We all go through kind of rougher seasons. Um, One of the words God gave me for 2020 was fallow, and a fallow season does not sound very fun. But no matter if you're in a fallow season or a dry season, um, you can still maintain, maintain the most important thing in your life, and that is your relationship with Jesus. So keep your mind steadfast. Maintain that which matters most. Be blessed because this perfect peace is for you. Be blessed. This perfect peace is yours. Live like it's yours because if you know Jesus, it is yours. It's for you. And regarding Matthew 6 verse 11 again, that uh, very first verse that I mentioned, the beginning of the episode, my prayer for you today is this, to give you um to give you today, this day, as in right now, your daily bread. I'm asking God to give you today, this day, right now, every listener. doesn't matter when this episode goes live. You could listen to it five years later. This prayer applies to you on this exact day for your daily bread. I want you to know I've actually really prayed that over everybody who will ever listen to this episode. The bread that you really, truly need, what you really need most. I'm praying a lot of things. I'm praying for new jobs where it's needed. Where there are new jobs needed, I'm praying for that healing, emotional, physical, mental, um, spiritual healing where it's needed. Favor before man where it's needed. Some of you just need the favor, the favor of the Lord to be so on you that you're favored among men around you. That's a need for some people. A sound mind where it's needed. Oh, if you need a sound mind, Jesus, give it to that person right now in Jesus name. Freedom from addiction. That's a massive need. Um, Freedom from fear and anxiety. Huge, huge issues among Christians and unchristians. Lord, give them what they need. Financial miracles and blessings, a lot of us need that. COVID's been, uh, yeah, what a year it's been, right? So Lord, bring it, bring it. Wisdom, wisdom. If you need wisdom, I've asked the Lord to give it to you. For prodigals to come home to the Father, yes, Lord, in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, in Jesus' name. Maybe you need um, a dependable car. Yep. Lord, provide it. Do you need wisdom about where to go to college? Uh, yes, Lord, speak into that situation. For you to maybe get a letter in the mail or a text from somebody, 
for a relationship to be restored. Just even a little thing, if you just need a little thing, a big thing, if you need a big thing. Do you need to forgive yourself or forgive somebody else? Lord, bring it about. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Yes, our provision, our tangible, physical needs met. But also, oh Lord, also give us more of you. Jesus, give us more of you. You are the bread of life. Give us everything, everything, every single thing that you've deemed that we need. Move quickly and with expediency, Lord. Bless your people. Bless your children in Jesus' name. Amen. A little bit shorter episode today that went a lot more quickly than I thought it would. If you do have any particular prayer requests, you can find me on Instagram at Jan Elbert and DM me. Um, I have a prayer group on Facebook and you could ask any of them. Um, If you send me a prayer request, it's confidential. My husband won't know. Nobody will know. I definitely keep him on the down low. You could just send me a text or something saying unspoken. It's not unspoken to the Lord. And I will pray. I will actually really, truly commit to spending time praying for you that your daily bread would be provided this very day or whatever day I hear from you. And don't forget Keep a steadfast heart and mind because this peace, it's yours. It's yours. Thank you, Jesus. Be at peace today. I'll see you next time for episode number, wow, 40, 41. That's not very many episodes, I guess, but it kind of feels like it to me. So, all right, Lord bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Share this if you would like, if you're so inclined. And above all, just be encouraged to know that all God's promises for you are true and they are they are coming to pass soon and very soon. All right, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Bert Not Ernie show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day and remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.